Welcome to the Legally Speaking podcast, powered by Kasoon Carr. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by the amazing Angela Hamm, a healthcare lawyer, healthcare coach, and host of the highly popular Fit to Practice podcast. Angela is on a mission which I fully support, which is to see more happy lawyers and healthy lawyers. So, a very big welcome, Angela. Thanks so much for having me, Rob. It's an absolute pleasure. Great to have you on the show. Before we go through all the amazing work that you're doing, we do have a customary icebreaker question on the Legally Speaking podcast, which we ask to all of our guests, which is about suits. So on the scale of one to 10, 10 being very real, how real would you rate the reality of the hit series Suits? I only watched a few seasons of it. And it was a while ago, but I think uh, I think on a scale of one to ten, maybe six or seven. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a fair a fair kind of analogy. I, I I don't think it it started off bizarrely in our first season. Some people gave it a ten, but I think they were saying it was more based on the the humor side of it. But I think in terms of actual lawyering, it falls a little bit short. So. Listen, yeah. there's so many things we need to get through, but let's start at the beginning. Tell our listeners a bit about you and your your, your family background and, and upbringing. My family background? Okay, wow. Um, that's the first time I've been asked that in a podcast. And I, I actually, I love that question because the family is kind of your origin, right? And so with the fact that you talk about family, I think reveals a lot about a person. I was born in Los Angeles, but I, but I grew up in South Korea. And I came here on my own for college um, in 2008. For those of you who are trying to calculate my age, uh, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but anyway, so I came here for college about 12 years ago. And then that was pretty much it. You know, I was apart from my family over the past 12 years. We've been all split uh, across the globe. And I maybe over the past 12 years went to visit Korea, where I'm from maybe once or twice a year, not so much anymore now that I'm out of school. And uh, most recently, uh, during my maternity leave, my mom was here to support me. And that was that was a great experience. Ah, lovely. I love that. So I guess mo- moving on to the legal profession, did you always want to go into the legal sector? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, because I, I, I was actually a teacher right after college. And I loved it. I, it was a, it was an eye-opening moment for me because I was part of a community that I was just never part of, and the culture was different. I mean, I think in any community that you go to that is not your home community, you just learn so much about their culture and their values and their experiences. And the fact that I was able to kind of immerse myself into a community that I was never part of before really allowed myself to take a look at my own values and reevaluate. And I just absolutely loved that experience, getting to know the staff and the students and serving the students and learning my own shortcomings as a teacher. And also learning that I felt like I was not able to make the kind of impact that I wanted to make because it was limited to the classroom. And even though I was really grateful for it, I felt like I wanted to create an impact in some other way. And I thought that law school was the answer. That kind of line of thinking is just one part of it. The other reason that I wanted to go to law school was just, it was just kind of an option that seemed stable, an option that seemed prestigious. And coming from, at least for me, a background where 
my parents never pressure me to be a certain way, but I think that I identify certainly with the Asian kind of culture where you're expected to be a doctor, lawyer, or something. I definitely identify with that. I was part of that kind of culture. I wanted to fit into a specific mold, and that was the other reason I wanted to go to law school. Good for you. So you you did tremendously well, and then you obviously moved from law school into legal experiences. So tell our listeners a bit about some of the the legal experiences in your legal journey to date. I actually didn't do very well in law school. I was was not like the top 50% or anything like that. And so I struggled a lot. I struggled a lot to find a job. And I struggled to find a big law job. Everybody else was at big law and I felt like I needed to also fit into that mold. And so I felt like a failure all throughout law school because I didn't get the summer associate job that I felt like I needed to have. And so I was grateful for my absolutely first job opportunity as an attorney after law school in the education field, I thought that it would I would be able to resonate with that because I was a teacher before law school. But then I realized that teaching and practicing education law were two very different things. And I had a moment where I needed to decide what was I really going to do with my law degree for the rest of my life. And I was watching this YouTube video about how to find your passion. And it was saying something about identifying your pain, your biggest pain. That kind of clicked with me because I had an opportunity to reflect on my biggest pain, which was my health journey. When I first came here to the States without my family, the culture shock and the Justin and everything was kind of the the background for my eating disorder for about seven years. And then I recovered in the middle of law school. And so I realized that there were many others who were going through something similar And so I decided I'm going to dedicate my everything to health and wellness and healthcare. And so I searched for months for a job in healthcare. And that's my my current job as a corporate counsel at a healthcare company in Baltimore. And then I'm also a health coach for lawyers as my side hustle. And we're definitely going to deep dive into a lot of that as as well, because I think the work you're doing is truly fantastic. And I think you've also been hard on yourself there, because I think you've done some great, particularly from legal interneling, you know, white in case, I think you're outside Korea, you had some experience there. You worked with the United States Attorney Office and then the Illinois Department of Human Rights. Just tell our listeners a little bit about those legal experiences as well, because they sound fascinating. Yes. So I was actually at Whiting Case during the summer, right after my 3L year. So right after graduation, I was interning there in Korea, in Seoul, South Korea. And I was studying for the bar. And like during the whole time, during over the whole summer, because I was in a state of transition and I had not still found a full-time job and our lease was up. And so we we were kind of like nomads moving from my in-laws place in Maryland, going over back to South Korea, where I was kind of living in my grandparents' house because my, my parents' house, my mom's house was being renovated. And so I was studying for the bar in the mornings and then being at Wine and Case during business hours and then coming back home to study a little bit more for the bar exam. And so that was certainly an experience. I really appreciated the legal experience that I got from Wedding Case because it was definitely a demanding environment. Our clients demanded, not demanded like in a mean way, but was expecting us to produce the highest quality work. And the attorneys that I worked for knew how to do that and was able to mentor me how to do that. 
And so it was certainly difficult at times to push myself to be better and to be a better lawyer. Um, but I'm just so grateful that I got that experience knowing uh, what it's like to be an attorney. Brilliant. And thanks for sharing that. Because I think it's it's really good for people to get a flavor of what it's like, particularly in these big sort of white shoe law firms. So again, before we kind of touch on all the great work that you, you're doing, in addition to the legal world you do day to day, what does a typical day look like for a healthcare lawyer? What do you get up to? I say I'm a healthcare lawyer, but I'm more of a corporate lawyer at a healthcare company. And so what that means is I handle kind of the corporate side of things, meaning we work closely with the compliance department. The compliance department, they're the ones really in the managed care, Medicare space and really closely in touch with the law and the recent legal updates and the compliance with those legal updates. And what we do in the legal department is we handle contracts, we handle negotiations, we handle M&A matters, we also handle collections issues, HR, things like that, that you would have to deal with at any given company. But I do call myself a healthcare lawyer because I am exposed to so many legal issues that are specific to healthcare as we work closely with the compliance department. Brilliant. Well, thanks for that. I think that's a good comprehensive overview. And you, you summarized it very well, because I know there's a lot of work that goes into that particular role. And you openly talk then moving on about overcoming bulimia, anxiety and, and depression. So do you want to just tell us more about how you did that? Well, all of those things happen kind of at different times. So I was bulimic first uh, since I, since the beginning of college. And then it kind of persisted because I just had this nagging feeling that I, well, it's more, more like a vicious cycle of wanting to indulge myself, but also punish myself for indulging myself. So I think that was why I was uh, doing that. And I think that I, you know, I still to this day, unfortunately, I can't really pinpoint whether there was a turning point or a turning moment, because I think a lot of people, I don't know, there's a lot of stories out there about how there's like this breakthrough or a moment, a turning point. But for me, it was more of a gradual process. And I think one of the accelerators and the catalyst for that change and trying to grow out of the seven years of that vicious cycle of habits in my eating, I had gotten married in the middle of law school. And then I realized that I'm not just living on my own anymore. There are other people that I need to consider. And the fact that I was hurting myself was doing a disservice to my husband and that was, I knew that that was not going to be good for our relationship. And so I really worked hard to let him help me and work through it with each other and together out of it. And in that process, I was able to, I was trying to find some tools and resources and build my own toolbox on how to recover. And the first thing I did was exercise. And that was transformational for me because it helped me get physically stronger and I realized that being physically stronger allowed me to become mentally stronger. And that's kind of when the whole, I guess it was a domino effect, wanting to learn more about it so that I can get certified so that I can assist others who have been going through the same struggles. Yeah, no, brilliant. And so then Angela Han Health was born and that does so many things. So I want to break that down. You want to help burnt out attorneys who want to feel back on track and less alone when trying to combat that lack of energy time or mental health resources. So 
what tips would you give to them specifically or what some of the themes that you tend to, to, to see and, and offer to people? So I work primarily with lawyers and I try not to really give advice. I try not to give advice because I think that we're all going through something unique. We all have our own experiences and I am able to teach you how to work out. I will be there for you to work out with you. I will be there to ask you questions so that you find the answers within yourself because we will always find the answers within our own minds. No matter how many books or podcasts or whatever media that we, something external that we consume, the answer will always be within ourselves and those other tools will just help uncover what is within ourselves. And I know that's kind of a little bit like at a spiritual level, but I truly believe that because I can tell you, oh, like, you know, find five minutes in the morning to work out. But I mean, what if it doesn't work out? Like, what if, what if you don't have five minutes? What do you do then? And so I think the fundamental thing is to just revisit what really is important to you. And then once you realize like working out is important or working on your mental health is important, then you'll find the time, you'll find the resources, you'll find the right information to make it happen. And I just love that about what you're doing, because I, I see it as you break it down into two very, very sensible strands. And that is one around the personal training and emphasis on that. And then obviously the health coaching. So just on the sort of personal training, because you, you do craft sort of the perfect routines and, and really make them personal to people. Just tell us a bit more about that and, and how you work with people, potentially lawyers maybe listening in who might be interested. Yeah, so my services are most effective in a group setting. And so that's why I created the Fit to Practice Society. I started offering free workouts every Tuesday at 4.30 Eastern. And we all started building this community together because of the pandemic. And this was around maybe maybe April or May that, that I started doing these workouts. And every time we worked out together, we were doing something together. We were accomplishing something for ourselves and for one another. We were showing up for ourselves and for each other. And we were committing ourselves to something larger than ourselves. And so um, the community is just growing that way. And so I think when it comes to personal training and working out, we have this misconception that we have to be disciplined. We have to have more motivation. We need to put in more effort. But really, people who are most effective at whatever they do, they find the easiest way to do it. And I think the easiest way to do uh, workouts and find a healthier lifestyle is to find other people who are committed to the same thing and it just becomes effortless. Yeah, love that. Really good advice. And I think it's truly organic then as well, like you were talking about doing it together. Really, really on board with that. And then moving on to the the other piece, which I know you, you do a lot around on the health coaching, particularly, you know, I'm a foodie as well, right? So I'm, I'm probably feel quite guilty of this myself, but I just love to learn a bit more about how or any sort of tips you, in terms of like food routine and kind of making sure people are on the right track with with, with that and trying to avoid bad habits. Is there anything you would say around that? Yeah, I think when it comes to anything, anything that you're struggling with, whether it's food, whether it's time, money, relationships, exercising, studying, anything else, or your work, whatever it is that you're struggling with, I think the first thing that needs to be uncovered is your relationship with that thing. And so when it comes to food, what is your relationship with food? And if you think about all of your relationships, 
every single relationship has a history. Like if you have a relationship with a parent or a friend or a mentor or a boss or anything, it starts with something. It starts with you have a story behind the relationship. And so with food, what is your food story? What kind of conceptions did you have about food while growing up? Did you have a lack of food? And is that why uh, you always have the scarcity mindset when it comes to food? Or did you have too much food? Or did you have just the right amount of food? Or were there people who kept telling you, why are you eating so much? Were there people who kept pointing out about like the amount of food that you ate? And so I think when you take the time to uncover and discover the history of your relationship with food, you'll be able to notice where it kind of went wrong, where it kind of went in the direction that you didn't really want it to. And once you're able to pinpoint and troubleshoot those turning points, then you're able to kind of undo that and say, you know what, like I'm able to address that issue. I don't care about the opinion of that person. I don't, I think I'm, I'm able to create my own opinions for myself and transform my relationship with food. Brilliant. Again, I'm just loving that. I think that's really, really good insights there. So thanks so much once again, Angela. And then I guess one of the other things we should talk about, which I'm a big fan of as well, is your Fit to Practice podcast. You've had some amazing guests on there since you've been going. But for those perhaps new to the uh, Fit to Practice podcast, do you want to tell us more about it? Sure. It was actually not my idea. I... I didn't know, like about a year, over a year ago, I was talking to who is now my podcast editor. What, I don't know what to do to reach my audience and serve my audience. Where do I post? How do I post? Things like that. And he says, start a podcast. And I told him, I'll think about it because I don't, I don't really know what that involves. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) And he just, kept pushing me. He's like, just, just start it. Start it. I'll help you. I'll, I'll, I'll help you build this. I'll help you do it. And um, I just kind of got started. I reached out to a Facebook group of attorneys. I asked them if anybody wants to be in my brand spanking new podcast and a bunch of people share their stories. And I was just so inspired by their journeys and um, being so vulnerable about their own health journey. And made me realize that I was not definitely not the only one who had my own health struggles. And then I was just kind of able to, to build a community from there too. And so every week I interview an attorney or anybody who is able to advise lawyers on their health about their mental, physical, and professional health. And so it's, it's very broad. It's very general. And I think rightfully so, because everything that we do, I think, always ends up influencing our health somehow. Yeah, and I would really encourage particularly some of our listeners to check it out because it has been truly amazing, some of the guests that you've had on, just in terms of the sheer brutal honesty. And I think the authentic nature of what's been shared has been really, really great. I mean, from your mind, has there been anything that you've kind of seen from doing the podcast that's kind of a recurring theme? I appreciate everyone's unique, but is there any themes that you've seen that you know you maybe would share with, with our listeners? Yeah, I always ask this question, what does it mean to be fit to practice at the end of the podcast? And the reason I ask that question is, I don't, I don't know what it's like in any other country, but in the US, we have a character and fitness part of the bar exam where we put in our history for like the past 10 years or whatever. And then all of our references uh, test to our character and fitness to practice the law. 
And so we have to pass the bar in order to be fit to practice law. And so it's kind of like a play on words, like a pun, because it's, you know, fitness to practice the law and also physical and mental fitness. And so when I asked this question, not a single attorney has said that you need to know the letter of the law. You need to have a high score on the bar exam. You have to have gone to a great school. You have to have had good grades. Not a single attorney that I have interviewed so far, which is, I guess, almost like 70, 80 attorneys now uh, have said that. And so I think that really goes to show that being a lawyer, contrary to popular belief, is not about being smarter, more intelligent, or more efficient or more disciplined than anybody else. It's about truly being healthy in the mind and the body so that you can show up and serve others the way you want to. Yeah, brilliant. And thanks so much for that, Angela. Again, I think that's just some real authentic undertones there that people can really take heed of. Because I think people put such stress on themselves about needing to be the best this, that, and the other. But unless you're kind of in the right space, then you can't show up every day like you're saying. And I think you're a great advocate of, you know, what practicing what you preach. So I guess what a lot of our listeners would like to know is how do you balance, you know, being a corporate stroke healthcare lawyer, running Angela Han Health, you know, and doing your podcast, you know, how do you fit it all in and how do you balance it all? I think most of it really is, is that I am extremely blessed. I'm extremely blessed to have the support system around me. And that starts with my family. My family is, is, is the most supportive, uh, namely my husband who really takes my work seriously and supports me in every way that he can. And I think also my boss, my boss in my, my lawyer job, he's also just fantastic and he is flexible and he appreciates me for who I am without, you know, cause I think in the legal field, there's still a lot of stigma to mental health. And with my boss, I'm able to just be open with what I'm going through and my passions and my interests. And he fully supports me. And we always have conversations about each of our interests and passions. And we give each other space and time and the energy to really talk about it. And it just lights both of us up and really improves our relationship and maintains our our awesome relationship. And so he really puts the human being in me first. And so as long as I get the work done, he really doesn't, you know, micromanage me or anything like that. And so I just feel more empowered. And he also listens to my podcast, even though I tell him like, you don't have to listen to it, but he's always like telling me like how he enjoyed it and how he enjoyed the latest episode. And so just that support that I get from the people around me really allows me to make that time and space for myself. And the second part, I think, is mindset. I think a lot, like I've never been a fan of saying I'm busy or I'm, I'm too, I can't do this or I can't do that or I don't have enough time. I don't think that that is the right mindset, at least for me, because if I'm always constantly thinking I don't have time, what am I doing with the time I have right now? I'm using the present moment to talk about how much I don't have time. And all the while, the current time that I have at this very moment is just passing away. And so I think, in my opinion, at least I was able to create time for myself by changing my mindset about trying to really live in the moment and appreciate the circumstances that I'm in right now and to leverage those circumstances in my favor 
by telling myself I have time and this is what I decide to commit to at this very moment. Yeah. And again, just really, really great insights there, Angela. And what I really liked is I think I saw earlier in the week that you did a lovely post with regards to your your, your boss about just how supportive he has been. And it's true today. I mean, obviously, a large part of what we do at Kasum Car is, you know, helping people with legal careers, legal moves. And it's time and time again, people don't leave jobs, they leave toxic environments or poor leadership. And so it's mm. great when you find an environment where you feel comfortable and mental health is encouraged and talked about, because I think it only kind of puts a more positive outlook and it's a win-win for everyone. So I really enjoyed listening and uh, hearing you talk through that, particularly as I resonated with that particular post on LinkedIn. Yeah, thank you. And just as we look to sort of wrap up, um, Angela, what tips would you give to your younger self? I mean, you've had a fabulous career and like you said, it's not always been straightforward and you've had some ups and downs yourself. But what tips would you give to your younger self? I would tell myself that I get to decide whether I have a good life or not. I thank you for telling me that I have a fabulous career, but I didn't think that uh, when I was first First, kind of looking for jobs and um, trying to find my footing in the legal profession. And I was like kind of ashamed of my path because it was just so different from everybody else. But I think that people started telling me that I had I was having a good career and a good kind of lifestyle only after I decided that was the case for myself. And when I told myself I have a fantastic job. I have a fantastic career. I have a fantastic lifestyle. That affected the way I showed up every day. And then I was able to really convince myself. And then that just showed as fact, it just presented as fact to other people. And so then that was kind of just established, not just for myself, but the people around me. And uh, when that happens, you just attract your tribe and then you connect with the people who share your values. And so I think we all have so much to offer and you will only be able to offer all of the amazing things that you have to offer when you decide that you have a lot to offer. But until then, it's going to be extremely difficult. And so I would tell my earlier self or my younger self that and tell myself, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of to show up as yourself and try to learn and grow every single day. Brilliant. Really, really well put, Angela. Absolutely love that. So if people want to, which I'm sure they will after listening to you on this episode, follow you or get in touch about anything we've discussed today, what's the best platform and way for them to do that? Feel free to shout out your LinkedIn or website links or any relevant social media. Yeah, I'm most active on LinkedIn. Um, My name is Angela Han on LinkedIn. (laughs) If you're a lawyer or someone who serves the legal profession or a law student or anyone related to the law, I'm always going to be doing my Tuesday workouts at 4.30 p.m. Eastern unless I become incapacitated or something else happens. So feel free to join us at Angela-Han.com slash society. We would welcome you with open arms. Brilliant. Well, thanks an absolute million, Angela. It's been great to finally get you on the show. And it's been a pleasure listening to you and your journey and everything you've been through and everything you've achieved and wishing you lots of continued success. Um, And also congratulations again on your recent newborn. Very exciting times. And no doubt we'll see you feature again on the podcast. But for now, over and out. Thank you.